and uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 7, and we're going to read the first 11 verses, <clears throat> and i tell you what, you know what, for sake of time, uh, we'll, we'll start in verse number 7 and then read down through verse number 11, but if you're physically able, would you stand with me out of respect and reverence for the reading of the Word of God? I'm always reminded there in Ezra where they stood for the reading of God's word, amen. And uh, I promise you I will not, especially the Lantises, because they're up there in the balcony, I will not give a Eutychus sermon tonight, amen, where Paul preached so long that Eutychus fell out of the balcony, amen. And uh, so I promise you we'll be right on time tonight, amen. And I love the Lantises. So glad you folks come and, and uh, sit up there. It's always wonderful to see a husband and wife sitting together and... Uh, Eat up the word of God, really. Verse 7, and uh, let's go ahead and read responsibly. I'll read verses 7, 9, and 11. You read verses 8 and 10 with me. Deuteronomy chapter 7. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen, and from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth, and you ought to mark your Bible here, covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations and repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them he will not be slack to him that hateth him he will repay him to his face Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. And so uh, we just have a note here. Thus far in our first, first eight lessons really, uh, we have examined two extremely important keys to understanding biblical prophecy. I was talking to my friend Pastor Schott about this uh, today, and uh, I said, you know, if the preacher does not do this kind of material right, it can be very dry and very yawn-worthy. I hope it's not tonight, amen. Uh, this, what we're looking at in these lessons is foundational for understanding the Word of God. Forgive me, when you get done with these lessons, you will not be fooled by the YouTube theologians. There's a lot of them, amen? A lot of false prophets, a lot of bad teaching out there. And, and these lessons, again, I know they're, they're very, they're, they're simple, they're basic, but boy, they're so fun. I, I, I'd say they're like the rebar in the foundation, amen? And uh, they keep that foundation in place. So we looked at two extremely important keys to understanding biblical prophecy. They are the key of interpretation. We did five lessons on interpretation, proper hermeneutics, and that's interpretation. And then the second one, the key of Jesus Christ. And we looked at all the prophecies relating to the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus, amen, and how important those are all around in interpreting biblical 
biblical prophecy. So in the next several lessons, we'll examine a third key, and that is the key of the covenants. The key of the covenants. And we, we looked at that text we could have read the whole thing, but um, if you look back at verse number 8, it says, uh, it talks about, and I look, boy, verses 7 and 8, it's talking about Israel, yet you have to know where you are in your Bible, it's in the Old Testament, uh, but I love this where it says in verse 7, the Lord did not set his love upon you and choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people, but because the Lord loved you. Hey, you want to know why God loves you? Because he loves you. You say, well, that's circular reasoning. It's true, but it's Bible right there. He loves you because he loves you. And one day you'll get to ask him, why did you love me? I still can't figure that out for myself, amen. Why on earth God would love But then look what it says in verse 8. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the what? The oath which he had sworn to your fathers. He said, I'm going to bring you out of Egypt. God made a promise, right? You know why you're going to heaven? Because God made a promise. God made a promise. So, uh, the key of the covenant. So, first let us begin with what is a covenant. And, and again, uh, this, these are you know, Bible terms that are used, and I think it's just best to, to get to the basics here. Hey, Pastor, I don't know what a covenant is. I'm not sure what that is. Hey, let's, let's look at it here. Okay? So, number one, the definition of a covenant. Look at verse 9. It says, Know, therefore, that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth what? Covenant. Okay? Keepeth covenant. So, the definition of a covenant. The word covenant, how about this? is used 272 times in your Bible. I think God wants us to know a little something about that. Amen? I mean, now, if a word is used once, thank God, but if he uses it 272 times, God's people ought to know what this is, what this means, what are we talking about here. So, uh, A, B, and C. Uh, the, the definition of a covenant, simply. Okay? A is simply. A covenant is an agreement between two parties. A covenant is an agreement between two parties. It can be between men or between God and man, as obviously we're looking at in these lessons. Okay? Uh, I think about the covenant between men. Uh, if you look up in your Bible, the covenant of salt. There was a covenant of salt. It was, it was an agreement between two parties. And, and salt, you know, if you ever heard somebody say, hey, that guy's not worth his salt. You ever heard somebody say that? You know, they used to pay soldiers in salt. And it, it's, it's interesting to, to read about that covenant of salt. So simply, a covenant is an agreement between two parties. It can be between men or it can be, be between God and man. B, so not only A is simply, B is theologically, okay? Theologically speaking, what's a covenant? A covenant simply is an agreement between two parties. It can be between men or between God and men. So we have a, a note here from uh, the Liberty Annotated Bible, uh, Old Time Gospel. That's commonly known now as the King James Study Bible. It's been uh, revamped there. Uh, but it says this, and, and it's an excellent theological definition of a covenant. A covenant is an eternal agreement made by God with humanity revealing what God God will do for people individually and collectively. 
That is a great definition of a covenant. And we're going to look at several uh, covenants, different types of covenants over these next uh, couple lessons. So simply, a covenant is an agreement between two parties. It can be between men or God and men. Theologically, a covenant is an eternal agreement made by God with humanity, revealing what God will do for people individually and collectively. Essentially, so let's boil it all down, Pastor. What is a covenant? Essentially, a covenant in the Bible is a promise from God. It's a promise from God. And this is so key. This is so key. This, this really goes back to interpretation, but uh, it, it, it is so uh, foundational. All interpretation and study of eschatology, that's what we're looking at here, last things, amen. When you hear that word eschatology, that means the study of last things. All interpretation and study of eschatology is rooted in faith that God will keep his promises. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't start there, you'll never end there. You have to start there. All, uh, all uh, again, interpretation and study of eschatology is rooted in faith that God will keep his promises. Go with me. You, you hold your place here in Deuteronomy if you like. And let's go over to Nehemiah. A very uh, similar phrase is used here in Nehemiah uh, chapter 1, <clears throat> verse number 5 as the same in, in Deuteronomy chapter uh, 7, verse 9. Matter of fact, it's the, the only two times this uh, word phrase is used uh, together. So the definition of a covenant, the word covenant is used 272 times in your Bible. Simply, a covenant is an agreement between two parties. It can be between men or between God and men. Theologically, a covenant is an eternal agreement made by God with humanity, revealing what God will do for people individually and collectively. Essentially, a covenant in the Bible is a promise from God. All interpretation and study of eschatology is rooted in faith that God will keep his promises. Nehemiah 1.5, and said, <clears throat> I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that what? Keepeth covenant. Keepeth covenant. Okay, uh, number two. So we have number one, the definition of a covenant. Number two, we have the distinctions of God's covenants. The distinctions. They fall under two gigantic distinctions. There are more distinctions as we get into what some of these covenants are. But two gigantic distinctions. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 9. And we'll look at the first one here. This isn't the first covenant, it's just the first one we're looking at tonight to uh, show clear distinctions between these two. Uh, a is, uh, the first distinction is unconditional. Unconditional covenant. Okay? An unconditional covenant. And that is, normally when you see an unconditional covenant in the Bible, it is simply accompanied by the words, I will. And that is God simply saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And so, unconditional, and here we have what's called the Noahic covenant, Noah, and uh, covenant with Noah. And it starts there in verse number 8. 
And he says, and obviously this is, uh, Noah comes forth out of the ark, amen, and uh, after the, the flood, and it says there in verse 8, And God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, Behold, I, or it said, and I, behold, I establish my what? Covenant with you and with your seed after you. And with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl, of the cattle, of every beast of the earth, <clears throat> with you from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth, I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. So, again, when you see the rainbow... It is a reminder of God's covenant, God's promise. What was that promise? He said, I'll never flood the earth again. But the key to that covenant is, it's unconditional in this. An unconditional covenant, these covenants have no conditions that man must meet. So in this Noahic covenant, he doesn't say, God doesn't say, if you do this, I won't flood the earth again. Or if you don't do this, okay? So that is, when we're going to be looking at these covenants, these will be the big headings that they fall under. We have unconditional covenants like the Noahic. God said, this is what I'm going to do. But then we also have B, conditional covenants. Conditional covenant. And that is just what you think it is. Uh, if A, these, con these covenants have no conditions that man must meet, B, these covenants have conditions that man must meet. Okay? These are promises that God makes, but they always come with an if. If. Okay? Go to uh, Exodus chapter 19. And then we'll go to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and we'll, we'll close tonight. Again, I know this is, again, foundational stuff here. It's not, not real exciting, not, not uh, amen preaching, amen. But I'll I tell you this, I'll take a congregation that knows their Bible, knows not only what they believe, but why they believe over amens any day of the week, amen. But thank you for that one amen, Miss Judy. I appreciate that. <laughs> Verse number five of Exodus 19, look at it here. It says, now therefore, what's that next little word there? That's a big little word in the Bible. If ye will obey my voice indeed, and what? Keep my covenant. Now God always keeps his covenant, but there are some covenants he said, hey, if you do this, I'll do this. Okay, if you keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Now go over to Deuteronomy 28, and I'm, I'm, I'm already a minute late, but I'm just going to take just a, a few more, amen, not even a few more, probably just another minute and a half here. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Just as the Israelites are getting ready to go into the promised land, God writes this incredible chapter of the Word of God. And he says there in verse number 28, And it shall come to pass, 
Next word, church. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to what? To observe and do all the commandments which I command me this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings come on thee. And I love this. How about this? How'd you like to have blessings that are so good it says they overtake thee? <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm so blessed. I, it's, just like a, it's like a wave hit me and just knocked me over. Amen. And it goes on. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice. And then for the next uh, 10, 11 verses here, it lists all the blessings if they will keep his covenant. Then, and you start in verse 15, and there's another big little word in the Bible, but if it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Now, I know, I know it wasn't a math lesson tonight, but did anybody look and see how long this chapter is? It's 68 verses. 14 verses of blessings and 54 verses of cursings. Huh? And what is it about? This is a conditional covenant. God says, if you'll obey me, I'll bless you. If you don't, now remember, he's talking to Israel here. And would, would Israel go, up, go away from God? You bet they did. Did they experience all these curses? You bet they did. Did they have to? You bet they didn't. They could have obeyed God. But by the way, unless we get a little haughty about Israel, how's your obedience to the Lord doing? Now, thankfully, we live in the age of grace. We don't live under the law here, amen? And we're going to look at that as we look at the covenants. But there are basically the, the distinctions of God's covenants here. We have unconditional covenants where God says, there, there's nothing that you have to do. I'm just going to do this. And then there are other times where God says, okay, if you do this, I'll do this. I'll do this if you do this, amen? So those are the, the covenants. So definition of a covenant and distinctions of God's covenant. Look forward to diving in again next week, Lord willing, amen? Father.